Good afternoon. This is Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design franchise, here for this week's Five Minutes with Discussion. This week, I'm talking to Brent Wilson, who is a security engineer at Silicon Labs. Hello, Brent. How are you? Doing well, Rich. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. My pleasure. So you are recovered from Embedded World? No. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's enough sausage and sauerkraut and beer. I think it's going to take a few more, uh, few more runs around uh, Ladybird Lake for me to fully recover. Well, you've got about 50 weeks to get yourself ready for next year. <laughs> That's right. I should be, should, be, should be fine by then, okay. I hope, anyway. So you gave a presentation uh, at Embedded World, and I'd like to probe into that a little bit for folks who obviously weren't there, um, where you talked about um, some of the holes in IoT security. Um, now, the name of your presentation has something to do with common pitfalls in IoT security. So let's talk about that. What are the common pitfalls in IoT Well, actually, before I go into the detail about the specifics that were covered in the paper, I would just say that you know, Silicon Labs recognizes that you know, there is a, there's a common security problem in the IoT, and it's big. <laughs> it's a big issue. I mean, you don't have to... Uh, to, to study headlines to, to, to figure that out with, with exploits and vulnerabilities and, and, um, and things of that nature. And okay. there's the, the paper actually covers, I would say, uh, a fairly, uh, the problem at a fairly tactical level. It's, it's what happens when you know, developers recognize that there's a need to, put, to uh, implement security in their products uh, but they're not security experts. And so there are some you know, common problems that people have when they try to implement security uh, without, uh, without the, the proper expertise and experience. Okay, can I call and you on that one right there? Um, please. Does a developer know he needs to put security in because he's been told to do that, or is it just because of all the news that's going on? And... Uh, and I tend to think it's the former and not the latter, that if, if they weren't specifically told, hey, you need to do this by their boss, for lack of a better word, they probably wouldn't even do it. That's right. I, mean, I, I believe that. I mean, hopefully I would say that they would, they would raise the awareness within their organization if they thought, hey, maybe, maybe we should be considering this. And I, that's actually one of the things that, you'll, that, uh, that I've seen. I've been studying vulnerabilities um, you know, for you know, for the past few years, and uh, it's it's obvious that many of the the problems that we're seeing are are due to the fact that security was never even comprehended uh, as a requirement in the systems. And that's that that I think is changing. Definitely, if you go to a conference like Embedded World, I mean, there you can't you know, walk two feet without encountering a conversation about security. <laughs> it's, it's it's very very prevalent. Uh, uh, in, in the conversations and in the mindsets of, of attendees there. But that's a small sample of the, the overall global developer community. And I think that we're still seeing a, a permeation of that knowledge that security is important and needs to be considered uh, and needs to be implemented, um, you know, both at the, at the product level, you know, providing security features, as well as kind of the life cycle level of providing the ability for um, for updates to secure to secure firmware if vulnerabilities are discovered after uh, products have been deployed into the field. 
Okay. So I know the likely answer is um, just give Silicon Labs a call and they'll help you out. But um, where does it? Where does an engineer start? You know what? What's what's the right? What's the right place to look? And and also um, one of the issues that I I find is that while security is not an afterthought, it it, it isn't happening at the beginning of the, of the design, and I think that's a problem too. Absolutely. So you asked actually a, quite a few questions that are that are very very important. Actually, okay, kind of lengthy. <laughs> it's okay. I'll, I'll I'll peel them off kind of one by one. Uh, one is is where to start, and that's actually a place where you know, Silicon Labs can, can definitely participate and, and help help with that. Customers can come to us uh, and ask for for guidance, and we can you know, based on the type of product they're making or the type of market that they're trying to serve, we can provide guidance there. Uh, in the industry in general, we are we're seeing a number of consortiums uh, that are and also some key leaders which are promoting standards of best practice that um, right now the, the big challenge is uh, trying to figure out which one to follow and which piece of advice. What are examples of the consortia that you're referring to? I was afraid you're going to ask me that. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I, can give you, I, I can give you some of the key leaders. Uh, like, for example, ARM has announced at the Embedded World Show their, uh, their PSA, or Platform Security Architecture. Um, they partnered with security engineers. Actually, they've been working on this initiative for a while, and it's, uh, it's in a pretty, a pretty good state of maturity. Uh, and this incorporates uh, best practices for, the, uh, for everything from the device level to uh, the software running on devices and the, the ecosystem surrounding the products. So it's, it's, it's comprehensive. Uh, in that regard, and it is also very well suited to to people making MCU class uh, systems, um, you know, for the, the you know, for the things that connect to the Internet of Things. So that's that's okay. one example of, of good guidance. Okay, are people like Silicon Labs working toward? a solution where the developer doesn't even have to think about it. It's, it's just there and it's sort of, I won't say it happens for them, but it's, it's just part of the solution and it's part of the flow. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, we, we believe, so Silicon Labs, we're, we're committed to the IoT and we believe that in order for the IoT to be ultimately successful, that it needs to be secure. And people need to have confidence in you know, purchasing connected products and you know that the, the integrity of the product and the integrity of their information uh, is all you know being cared for. So, you know, ab- absolutely. And in order for that wide adoption to take place, you know, we and other providers, not only at the silicon level but the tools level, uh, need to make security a much easier to implement than it is today. And we have plans and our roadmaps for tools and, and products to, uh, to secure that. And from the partner discussions that I had uh, at the show, and this is a common focus uh, among everyone who's participating in our industry, to, so the way I look at it is this. So what we want to do kind of in the near term is to have something as simple as a checkbox in the tool set to say, you know, make this project secure and it goes and implements uh, the security features like you know, Secure Boot and uh, other, other things to secure the system. 
uh, uh, kind of automatic, automatically. I was going to say automagically. Um, and then, you know, in, in you know, a year or two's time, that checkbox goes away, and that's just the default. And there's no more of a, there's no opportunity to develop an unsecure system. Um, but we're not quite there yet. We do have to bridge uh, the gap between the developer you know, experience and our enablement that we have today and what our customers are expecting uh, to develop with today uh, and um, to get to that, uh, that ultimate realization. Okay. We're just about out of time, but just one more. Um, is it possible to be hack-proof, or is, is the goal to make it just so hard that the that the hack will move on to an easier place? Uh, so, uh, absolutely. There's, there's no such thing as 100% secure. You know, there's, there's some level of attack or some level of resources that you, you just aren't going to be able to defend against. The idea is that you want to make the, the barrier to a successful attack harder to undertake than the value of the attack. And that's when the system is really truly secure. It's when it's no longer worth it to, uh, to try to exploit a system. Okay. That sounds so it's good not, to it's me. Not, it's, it, it, it's not quite the analogy of like, you know, running away from the, the bear and I just need to run faster than the guy next to me. It's not quite like that. It's like you need to just make sure that it, the, there's no economic benefit um, for a hacker to, uh, to undertake such an exploit. No, but it is similar to the analogy of, of the guy with the burglar alarm. You know, you, you put up the signs in front of your house just so the burglar will go to somebody else's house. That's true. I mean, there's, there's benefits to, to having, uh, you, know, a, a, you know, a security brand and kind of known as the guy to touch. I just want to go on yeah, record, though, as saying that those signs in front of my house are real. I really do have an alarm. That's right. Absolutely, yes. The, the service is real. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, Brent, I'm afraid we are out of time, but this is a very interesting discussion. We could talk about this for a very long time, and I have a feeling we're going to. I, I, I look forward to next time, Rich. Very good. That was Brent Wilson. He's a security engineer with Silicon Labs, and I'm Rich Nass with Embedded Computing Design. Thanks, Brent. Have a great day. Thanks.